If you want to look up in your scriptures where we'll be today, we're going to be in 1 Samuel, and I'm going to go to chapter 3. Um, for some of you, you're like, well, pastor, you didn't finish Acts. We'll get back to Acts. I know some people really have been encouraged by my preaching through the book of Acts, and we are getting close to the end, so we'll pick that back up uh, in September. But for now, um, I really felt the Lord impress upon my heart to preach a message that would um, speak to the kids. And um, the book of Acts near the end really gets uh, kind of tense as they're putting Paul on trial to, you know, die. Uh, and so I thought maybe for kids being in the service, it would be appropriate to talk about uh, some of these situations in the scriptures where um, the Lord is speaking to, to kids. And so we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, and we're going to see how the Lord speaks to children. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. So here's an interesting thing that I think we should take notice as we start this scripture uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 3. The boy, Samuel, ministered before the Lord under Eli. I'm really glad when we see our children ministering before the Lord, whether it be singing with us, whether it be um, reading of scriptures. I know when we have Advent season, we often include the kids in the lighting of the candles and, and, and reading of scriptures. Those are small ways, very small ways that um, the children can minister. But in the Lord's eyes, I think he, he, he likes seeing that. You know, you meet people who maybe they grew up in the Catholic tradition, and, uh, and, and there they get altar boys or girls who, who serve alongside the priest. And I think it's important that we find ways that the children aren't just ministered to, but they also get to minister. It says that Samuel was a boy. It says that he ministered before the Lord under Eli. Children, you have something that you can offer God. You have a gift. You have a talent. The Lord can speak to you and through you. Don't think that, well, I'm just a kid. This story of um, of the first few chapters uh, of Samuel that we, I kind of just jumped over is where um, Samuel's mother isn't able to have a child and she begs and she pleads to the Lord and she weeps before the Lord and she makes a promise to God. God, if I have a child, I am willing to give my child to the Lord in service to him. Now, we just had a dedication only two weeks ago where Baby Everly, if you don't remember, spewed up all over the stage, and, and, and we dedicated her to the Lord. And part of that dedication, I believe, is saying, yes, we're going to give Everly every opportunity, and we've done it for our children, for Tessa, and for any of the other children here. They're going to have opportunity to serve the Lord, and we're going to raise them in a way where we are intentionally looking for the gifts that they can offer. Now, here's the difference. Uh, for, for, for Samuel. Samuel was given to the, te to the work in the town in, in the, before uh, Eli. He lived with the priest. 
Good thing is, pastor doesn't have to take on all your kids for you to serve Jesus. I've got enough of my own. Don't need to take everyone in. But we are so glad when they show up to church, when our kids show up to church and they want to participate. They want to be a part of the service. Um, I remember some of the first things I did when I was a, a boy ministering before the Lord. One was um, we used to have a concert band at school and everybody in the concert band got to pick an instrument. I picked the trombone because it was the biggest, loudest thing there. And so was, you know, what I got to do and it was a lot of fun. And there were some older kids in the church who started playing their instruments in the worship service. So, and one of them was Amy Beth. And I thought she was a cute girl and I wanted to hang out with those people. And so what better way than to join the worship team with my trombone? And Amy Beth's dad took a risk and he said, uh, well, Thomas, uh, before you join us on stage, why don't you sit in the front row and play your trombone in the front? So I remember literally sitting like in the front row there, playing my trombone just one note at a time. Bom, 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 bom. And that was how I got to minister in music before the Lord. And so children, if there's something you want to do to participate in the service, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to find a way where you can serve. So that's the first part of that verse is that Samuel ministered. He was a boy. He was just a boy, but he ministered before the Lord. Second, it says, it says, the, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Here's something you children should know that our, some adults have figured out, some haven't figured out. And that's that God, there are seasons where sometimes we do hear God loud and clear. And there are other seasons where it is actually difficult to hear God. Here it says, in, in those days, there was a season where it was difficult for them to hear God. So kids, you're going to go through life where sometimes it's going to be easy for you to hear God. You're going to open up the Bible, you're going to read scripture, and it's going to come alive to you, and it's going to speak powerfully to you. Sometimes you're going to have dreams and visions, and you're going to be like, wow, God is really speaking to me. Sometimes people are going to come into your life, and they're going to speak to your life, and you're going to be encouraged, and you're going to feel like, wow, these people really care for me, and they're really speaking to me God's word. But there's also going to come seasons, what we would call dry seasons, where you're going to wonder if God has anything to say to you. And you're going to yell. And even Pastor Thomas has been through this, and I've been like, God, where are you? You're going to go, most Christians go through these seasons. Even the psalmist, David, uh, in his 23rd Psalm, most famous Psalm out there, right? He says, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. What that means is even though death's door is near, even when darkness surrounds me, even when I feel like nobody's there for me, God, I might not even hear your voice, but I know you're there. So sometimes you'll hear God loud and clear, sometimes you won't. But just because you can't hear God doesn't mean he's not there. And so I want you guys to know this because a lot of young adults especially, so you guys are young kids now, you're going to go through your teenage years Young adults really struggle with that because everything is changing. And, and, and the older people here can tell you when, when change comes, maybe when someone passes away, a family member passes away, or maybe when you lose a job or start a new job or you go to school and maybe things didn't work out the way you wanted to in your life, that's when sometimes we start crying out to God. And, and if you don't hear God right away, 
sometimes we have a, a crisis in our faith and we wonder, is God there? And I want you to know this story, it says that in those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And yet God still is there. And we're going to see how he speaks. Verse 2 says, One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God was not, had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. So here's another lesson for you guys, you young people, is that sometimes you're going to go through life and you're going to have a hard time recognizing God's voice. It's not easy to know if what you're hearing is God right away. So the situation is um, Samuel is used to uh, Eli being the priest doing most of the work in the temple. And Eli's getting old. And so Samuel's doing some of the work, the light that um, they had to light in the, in, in the, in the temple was, was for, it was so that they, or in the tabernacle was for a symbol of God's presence. And so they would try to keep the lights lit, kind of like during Christmas season, we light Advent wreaths, and that's to symbolize the presence of God coming into the world. Jesus, the light of the world coming into the world, right? We do that during that season. Well, they, that was one of the jobs that um, Samuel had, and so Eli is laying down, and, and now Samuel is laying down, and they're both in the house of the Lord, where the ark of the Lord was, and Samuel hears God say, call out to him. He's calling out to Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answers, here I am, and he goes to Eli. He doesn't yell out to God. He thinks that it's a person talking to him. Now, this is an interesting story because we can assume that Samuel is hearing God's audible voice. That means he's hearing a real loud voice speak to him. But we know through the scriptures that God speaks to our conscience. God speaks through other people in our lives. God speaks through the Bible. It's his written word. He speaks to us that way. And so there are many ways that God can speak to us. Uh, we know that God speaks to his people through dreams and visions. Sometimes it is audibly like Samuel hears, but it's not normal to hear God audibly. There's so many different ways that God speaks. And what we would use uh, as Christians is the word discernment. To discern means to learn how to hear God. To hear, is that God's voice or not? And so at first, Samuel doesn't know. He thinks it's Eli, and so he goes to Eli and says, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go and lay back down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel got up, and he went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So this is the first time that Samuel is hearing God. And for some of you, 
You might say, I don't know if I've ever heard God. Well, here's the thing. If you've given your heart to Jesus, I believe you've already heard God at least once. Because you heard God say, hey, I lived and died for you. I died on the cross for your sins. I want to forgive you for anything wrong that you've done. And I rose from the dead so that I could give you life, spiritual life. And if you, as a young person, decided to let Jesus forgive you of your sins and live in your heart, then you've become a Christian, right? And you've decided to follow Jesus. And Owen was baptized this year. I know Ian's been baptized in the past. Joel and Julia are going to be baptized in a few weeks. And that means that you've at least heard God once to desire to follow him. And so this is Samuel's first time hearing God. Interestingly enough, we read in verse 8, it says, A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went, down, went and lay down in his place. It's interesting enough, I hear Christians say this, and I believe it's true because this New Testament ta- tells us about this, and so does the Old Testament. It says that sometimes we need to hear things more than once. Here Samuel had to hear three times. Unfortunately, your parents get frustrated when they have to tell you three times to do stuff. But the reality is, even us adults, sometimes God has to speak regularly before we get the message. And here, three times he needed to speak. Um, In the New Testament, who needed to be uh, reminded that he was uh, forsaking God three times? Peter, remember the rooster crowed after he denied him three times. There's significance in God speaking three times. Jesus said um, that things need to be Uh, in the Old Testament as well, things need to be confirmed by two or three witnesses. And so God, here's the good news, God is patient. He's willing to tell you again and again and again. This is good news, not just for the kids. This is good news for you adults too, because that is a part of our human nature that stays with us even into our adulthood, that sometimes we are hard of hearing and we need reminders. And so if God says something to you three times, Pay attention. Uh, On uh, Tuesday at prayer meeting, um, Leah read a beautiful poem. I should have it so I could read it to you. I'll read it another time. But it was uh, the essence of the prayer poem was that sometimes we pray to God and then we take it back. We we pray a prayer, but then we want our hands all over that thing and we want to meddle with it. And so we're not really giving it over to God. It was interesting because Leah read that right after Linda had prayed a very similar prayer about how we say we trust you, God, but then we go ahead and act in our own desires often. And we were, and, and Linda prayed a beautiful prayer asking God that we would change our hearts so that we wouldn't do that. We would really trust God. The funny thing was, here Linda and Leah had, had shared that, but then Amy Beth, in the morning when I woke up in in, in bed, she shared this exact same message with me. You think God needed to tell me something? That three people needed to tell me the same message? Children, pay attention. If you hear the same message multiple times, it's probably God trying to get a hold of you, especially if it lines up with his word and can be confirmed by other Christians. You can know God is probably speaking to you. 
So Eli told Samuel, go lay down, and when the Lord speaks, say, here, your servant is listening. Here's, here's another good word for you guys. Your elders in the church, which means the people who are older than you, are going to sometimes give you instructions. Listen to what they say. They're trying to help you. And so if they say, slow down, don't run, it's so that you can have a better experience in church. We wouldn't want you to run into an adult, hurt them, and feel bad about it. And then you don't get to be here and, uh, well, you'll get to be here, but you don't get to experience God in the same way where you're not in conflict with other people. And so um, when, you're, when your parents or older people in the church, when they correct you or when they teach you something, listen to what they say. They have a lot of life experience. They've heard God themselves, and they're trying to help you learn to worship God and to respect God and to really cherish your relationship with God. And so Eli here, who's an old man, speaks to Samuel, a young boy, and gives him instruction. Hey, God is speaking to you. Listen up. And when you hear him, say, My, your servant is listening. And so verse 11 says, And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end, for I told him I would judge his family forever because of the sins he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called to him and said, Samuel, my son. And Samuel answered, here I am. What is it he said to you, Eli asked? Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. So I'm going to stop there for a second and explain to you the situation. So he finally gets the message from God. And the message is, hey, I'm going to deal with Eli's sons. Eli's sons have been wicked. They're not obedient. They're doing bad things. And so normally, this is how things would work in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, if there was a priest, it's the priest's children who serve God as well. They were often of the tribe of Levi. They were the Levites, and they would serve one after another, and they would become priests in God's temple. But these children of Eli were no good. They were not listening to God. They didn't want anything to do with God, really. They just wanted to serve themselves. So here's the good news out of that. You might say, oh, that sounds bad. Yeah, it would be bad. It would be bad if the pastor's kids weren't in uh, following with God. And by the way, my children, um, the New Testament says the same thing. It says, if you can't, um, if you, if your children can't follow God and your household can't follow God, how can you lead God's household? And so as long as my children are following the Lord, I'll be your pastor. But I'm going to tell you straight up, if my children go astray, out the door goes Pastor Thomas because my children, I need to minister to my children first. They become my first priority, and then someone else would have to become the pastor. But here's the good news out of all that. That sounds like terrible news, but there is good news in all of this. And the good news is that God's eye is seeking, the Bible says the Spirit of God goes around the earth seeking those who desire to worship the Lord. And so 
God had Samuel in mind to replace Eli's sons. And so anyone, the Bible says anyone can come to the Lord. You don't have to, if your parents don't serve the Lord, you can still serve the Lord. God is looking for those who want to serve him. And Samuel was just a boy and he felt called to serve God. You know what? I meet a lot of pastors because I'm a pastor and I have pastor meetings and I see a lot of people who've been called to be pastors as well. And you know what a lot of them say when they were first called? When they were children. When they were children. And so don't discount a calling that God might have on your life And just, it doesn't even mean that you have to be a pastor. It could be serving God in any way. But know that God can speak to children. And my advice to you would be the same advice that Eli gave Samuel. It's to show up and say, here I am. Lord, you can use me. Um, Believe it or not, Pastor Thomas has no problem speaking to you this morning without any stuttering, without crying my eyes out very Uh, hopefully you would think that my speech is eloquent, which means it comes with ease, and you can understand, right? Would you agree? Give me a nod if you agree. Yeah, okay, I'm not bad. All right. Okay, grade five, right? Anybody remember grade five? You got to speak in front of your class. I had to. Ian, you had to? Yeah, okay. Here's Pastor Thomas speaking in front of the class. Uh, 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 I literally cried. And you know what I was talking about? Being a farmer. Some of the easiest things I could ever talk about because... I grew up on the farm, and I just read my speech. I could barely say it in front of the class, and I cried. You know, Moses, when he was called by God, he says, I just got a stutter. I can barely speak. How can you send me? And he's like, well, if you really need someone, I'll send your brother-in-law Aaron with you, and he'll go with you, right? And then you read the scripture. Who speaks? It's not really Aaron. Aaron doesn't say very much at all. It's always Moses. It astounds me. He needed Aaron to come alongside him, and yet he's still the one speaking. Even if you think you're incapable and God calls you, you have to trust God because God will make you capable. I was nervous. I I would cry anytime I had a chance to speak. There were times where I started hearing God for the first time, like Samuel here in this passage, and I was like, okay, God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And he's like, okay, get up in church right now and say something. And I'm like, oh, my stomach. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. Hyperventilating. Ian knows all about it. And, and sweating and crying and, and, and people couldn't understand me. And here in this situation, it was Samuel's job to tell Eli that his sons were going astray and that he was going to punish Eli's family. Could you imagine how hard that would have been for Samuel to have to tell his mentor Hey, your family is going to be judged by God. That's a terrible news. But here's the, here's the, if you have, if God tells you to do something, even if it's difficult, know that he is with you. And even Eli says, I'm not going to stop God from saying what God needs to say. So know this, God's going to do what God is going to do. And he, even if he chooses you, he's going to do it anyways. And you might be like, I don't know if he can use me. He can, he will. And he'll do it regardless. Verse 19 says, The Lord was with Samuel as he grew. And he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel... 
from Dan to Bathsheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And Samuel's word came to all Israel. I find it's interesting here uh, how it says the Lord was with Samuel, but also that it says he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. How do words fall to the ground? That doesn't make any sense, does it? It's kind of a figure of speech, which means it's a saying. It means if your words fall to the ground, they're kind of useless once they hit the ground, right? So Samuel's words were not useless. They had meaning. They had power. The Bible says that God's word has power and that God can put his word in you. How did the creation of the world, world start? Do you remember? Do you remember how God created? What did he do to create the world? He spoke. God's word has so much power that he created everything around us just by speaking. Uh, we've been listening to the books of the Chronicles of Narnia in our car as we drive around this summer. And um, Amy Beth's favorite book is the first one, which is actually written after um, the Chronicles of Narnia, but if you read it in chronological order, it's called The Magician's Nephew. And in that story, the kids in the story go to Narnia as it's being created. And it says, uh, C.S. Lewis portrays Aslan, the lion, as God. And Aslan is creating things. How does he create them? It says that he is singing. Isn't that beautiful? Actually, the book of Job tells us that God created that way, that the stars were worshiping, which, which the stars in the Old Testament were viewed as the angelic beings. The angels were worshiping God as he created the earth. You can think about how, how beautiful that would, would have been. It's not just that when God creates, it's just this boring scene. It's this beautiful worship service with some of the best music you could ever imagine. And so, God's word is powerful. And here's the beauty of it. God desires to put his word in you, in you, in you. Adults, God isn't too late with you either. God puts his word in you, in you, in you. And he does it when we read his word. You want to know God's word? You want to know how God's speaking to you? First, read his word. Then when you hear it in your conscience, or you hear it in a dream, or you just start thinking about scriptures, you can know this is God. He's put his word in my heart, and now I can share it with people. And uh, as we older Christians have grown up, there's times where we have really valued that because people have come to us and said, well, what do you think about this? And out comes a scripture, or out comes something that sounds like the words of Jesus. And these, this is God putting his word in us to speak into people's lives. And so if God did it in a boy named Samuel, God could do it in your life, kids, and also adults. You need to be reminded of the time God first spoke to you, how God desires to continue to speak through you. And I want to encourage the adults to encourage the kids when you hear God speaking through them. I mentioned how when I first started speaking in church, I would just cry. Well, some of the older people had no clue what I was saying. And so I got up, I would say something, and I would either speak too fast or I would mumble or I would, they would just hear my tears. And, the, and I remember one lady, her name was Bernice Thomas, and she came up to me and she said, Thomas, I have no idea what you said, but I could tell God was speaking through you. Now that sounds contradictory, doesn't it? If she doesn't know what I said, how would she know? But she said this, she said, I can see that God has put a passion 
in your heart. And so you might not know what God is doing in your heart, but you have to trust that God can speak through you. He will speak to you first, and then he will speak through you. So if someone asks you after service, oh, what did the pastor preach about? You can say this, God speaks to me so that he can speak through me. You got that? Write that down on your little paper there, boys and girls, and remember that. We're going to sing a song to close the service.